and welcome to the big topic in women's MMA. Frank Posen here along with Shawn Humes. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com and my other podcast, Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast. Okay, Shawn, we got a lot to cover here. Okay, sir, let's get to it. All right, we, uh, there was no UFC show last Saturday. But on Tuesday's Dana White Contender Series, there was a women's flyweight match on the show. And it was Jasmine Jazdavicious versus uh, Julia Palastri. So Jasmine is 31 years old from St. Catharines, Ontario. Uh, she trains at Niagara Top Team. So... Schwan, I understand that the reason she moved down to Vegas and her coach is with her, who I believe is also her boyfriend, the, the reason they moved down to Vegas to syndicate MMA was to work with better sparring partners. Okay. Uh, that's a good idea. That's what holds back a lot of female fighters. That's right. And um, she's considered, like, listen, she's considered by many of these guys who tout top prospects to be a top prospect. But I feel that when you're over 30, you're not a prospect anymore. Okay, and I mean, well, I watched her fight. Women's is so thin; it's hard. If you're just a good fighter and it's so thin, a talent are older. The rules are different for women, unfortunately. Well, I don't know about that, but I just I watched her fight on Fight Pass, and uh, she was okay. Her opponent was very good, but she was okay. Now, uh, Julia uh, Palastri is from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. She trains at, I think it's called GWB or something like that. Um, you know, she's a former Shudo Brazil strawweight champion, and that's the problem. She's not a flyweight. She's a strawweight. I do not, for the life of me, understand why her coach would, would tell her to fight at, at flyweight. It makes no sense to me. Think about it. You know why. And, and Sorry? I said, if you if you think about it for just a second, you'll know why she, why he did that. Well, I know why he did it, but it was stupid, all right? Because I watched the fight. Okay, you watched the fight, right? All right. Yes. Jasmine won the first round. It was a ten eight round, no question about it. But what I didn't like, and she lost point three on this. And she didn't finish the fight, okay? And then Julia came back in the second and third round and actually made the fight a lot closer than it should have been, okay? And, you know, Jasmine won the fight. I think it was scored 29 from the seventh round, like that. And she did get a contract. My opinion is this. I wouldn't have given either of the contracts, Okay. But well, Dana's yeah, being a lot more. Dana's being a lot more generous with contracts. Is he being more generous, or is he just aware that he has, especially in the case of the women, he has thin divisions that need new blood and need need people to build up the division. If nothing else, just have some depth in it. And right now, they don't have very much. Yeah, I would say both. Well, hopefully, the reason the reason why um, Julia. Um, manager put her in this fight is because of those three magic letters ufc and in the case of women this happens a lot with the men they get put in over their head but the thing with the men is there's not as much of a gap between the talent in the top 25 and the top and the rest of the top 50 
a lot of the guys in the top in a lot of these weight classes, the guy from 25 can compete with the guy who's number 10 in the division or number five in the division because the talent level and athleticism is fairly close. In the women's division, there's a big difference in talent and experience and quality of um, sparring and quality of instruction. So there's there's also a big gap. But these female fighters managers just want them in the UFC and the coaches want them in the UFC because they can say, I have a UFC fighter. My fighter fought on the Dana White Contender Series. So even if you don't get in the UFC, guess what? You have some more cachet to your name, which means you can, especially put on a good performance, you can ask for more money from other regional places. And now you're on the UFC's radar. If somebody else drops out of a fight late notice and strawweight, guess who's getting the call? There you yeah, go. I think I think we'll see her at strawweight. And I actually think she'll probably do pretty well at strawweight. Yeah. Yeah, okay. but, yeah. As far as as far as Jasmine goes, okay. Until she beats somebody halfway decent, she's a mid card fighter. She's probably never going to be the best. Well, and, the and her, her age is an issue. I don't even sure what anyone says. Well, the thing is, I, I and I said this before. I said she's not she's not a terrible fighter. She's just fairly limited. She's not super experienced. What's getting her by is she's. Big, she's strong, she's long, she fights at a high pace, and she's very physical. She's a better athlete, and she's a stronger, more physical athlete than girls in the division. Hell, there's girls in the division right now who have a name and better skill sets than her who physically she could bully or impose her will on, if nothing else. Skill-wise, she isn't great. And in that fight against Julia, you saw the skill-wise skill she wasn't great because she got her under certain positions that should have been finishing positions, and she was unable to finish. And she was able, she was un, after the first round of dominance, even with that size and that cardio advantage, she wasn't able to repeat that in any other round where she was decisively just handling this girl, especially well, on the feet. Well, I think, the, I, I, I think the first round pooped her out. You know, once again, that, and once again, that's true, but it's like you said, if the first round pooped her out and she's fighting a girl who's naturally a weight division lower than her, who, who isn't a power puncher at that weight class, who isn't a physical presence, and you got tired against her. What are you going to do against better fighters? You're going to run out to a quick start against them and gas because again, it's going to be a loss. It's going to be a, not a decision loss. That's going to be a finish, even against some of the lesser fighters in that weight class. She's basically a big, strong, aggressive fighter with some education as far as her skills, but there's no real depth there. And at her age, you you can't expect her to take big leaps and bounds. I, I, I think I think Schwan. I think Schwan. Well, I think Schwan. It has a lot to do with how she got into uh, fighting because. She basically got into fighting because of her boyfriend. And I don't have to tell you that the better fighters in the world are all fighters who started martial arts when they were children. Well, yeah. But... Hold on. We see a lot of this in women's MMA. Okay? Fighters who get into the business, girls who get into business kind of on a whim like she did because her boyfriend was doing it. And they're not that good. Let's face it. But the thing about it is, at this point in women's MMA, it's gotten better. But it's still at the point where a big, strong, physical, even the one who's inexperienced, can still put wins together and still at least compete on the UFC level. There's not other sport. You can't do that in the WNBA. You can't do that in girls' tennis. You can't just decide and be all of a sudden and, and be competitive or get on the big stage. It's... But in women's combat sports, the division is so thin that being aggressive and being physically strong will put you in position to compete at the highest levels. And that's where she is right now. She's not a great technical fighter. 
she's not necessarily a high IQ fighter. She knows who she is as a fighter, and, and she plays on her cardio, her activity, her physicality, her length, and her size, and that's what's pushed her to most of her wins. But if she faces better opposition, more resistance, and we saw already, once she gets tired, she's not the same fighter. And, it, and she, she just, when she can't lean on those physical tools, she's basically a, a 500 fighter. And if she faces better opposition, she's not going to be able to rely on those tools. This is why I don't think she should have got a contract. Yeah, you- yeah, okay. Let's move on to Saturday. We got four women's fights on the Saturday show. So the first one, which will be on the main card, is Mandy Bohm versus Ariane Lipsky. Okay, so Mandy Bohm is from Germany, but she actually lives in Dublin, Ireland. She trains at SBG Ireland. That's John Kavanaugh, man. And, uh, you know, Conor McGregor country. Okay, so um, she fought last October in Bellator in Italy, okay? So that fight, if you want to watch it, and she looked pretty good. Her opponent was good. If you want to watch that fight, it is on Bellator's Facebook page. <laughs> Don't ask me how I found that. <laughs> I can find anything. That is true. Anyway, anyway so... Bellator in May released 15 European fighters because they aren't planning to go to Europe in the near future. And so the day after she was released, Mandy signed with the UFC. Okay? So she was supposed to be on that show that was supposed to be in uh, England a couple of weeks ago. And then they moved that show to Vegas. Her opponent was Taylor Santos, who uh, had to pull out because of visa, pro- visa problems. And she'll fight later. And then they tried to do this fight a couple of weeks ago, and Mandy had symptoms of COVID, so they decided to postpone it till uh, Saturday. Okay, so I mean, I saw. Did you watch that fight on Be- in Bellator? I thought she looked pretty good, actually. Okay. Um, I watched. I watched a couple of her fights, so I, I think I have a pretty good grasp on her. Okay, we all know about Ariadne Lipsky, and I guess the bottom line is she's been very disappointed in the UFC. She's two and four. I understand she's been hanging around ATT lately with Amanda Nunez. Okay, so I don't know how that'll affect her one way or another. She's been very disappointed. We expected a lot more from her, and I favor Mandy to win this fight. Yeah, um, the big issue, I mean, Mandy Bohm, she, she's kind of similar to, the, to Jasmine in the sense that she's big, she's long, She's physical. She's physically strong. The difference is she's more of a practice and rehearsed striker than Jasmine. Jasmine's more of a throw volume and a willing striker, not a good one. Mandy actually has. I think, she, uh, I, I, I think she's more experienced. I think that's a lot of things. Yeah, look, that's fine. But at the end of the day, she, she's a more practice rehearsed. She has more layers as a striker. She's fairly good in the clinch. It's once again, it's like you said, it's hard to tell how good she is because she's been facing girls who, once again, she can physically outclass who aren't all that great. But as it stands now, she's got good elbows. She's good in the clinch with knees and elbows and controlling an opponent, framing out. She's good at range. She uses an active jab. It's not a great one, but it's active. She throws fairly good straight punches, and she throws kick-punch combinations. She's not a big hitter, but she's physical, and she throws a lot, so she's going to do a certain amount of damage through attrition. Her problem is she's not a great great grappler. Yeah, I was just going to say that. You put if you, it's not hard to take down. She, she, she doesn't have a ground game. Yeah, 
it's, it's hard to take her down repeatedly because once she realizes what you're doing, she's got enough limp to stuff you, frame you out, and punish you with knees and uppercuts and elbows. But the fact of the matter is I've seen numerous girls who aren't great athletes take her down, and I've seen numerous girls who aren't great athletes or great wrestlers take her down and hold her down for extended periods of time. So there is an avenue to success against her. And it's on her feet because she's so aggressive. She's not hard to hit. She just will throw five back and overwhelm you. So Lipsky, and, I don't and, think... And, and I just want to point out one of the things. Mandy also has John Kavanaugh. Yes. Well, John Kavanaugh to me isn't... He's a very good conceptual coach. He's he's provides good and purposeful sparring. I'm not sure how well he is on the finer details of things or filling in holes with fighters. Just because he really hasn't had a lot of consistent, high-level consistent success with people outside of maybe Sinead kind of Kavanaugh, um, Conor McGregor, and maybe one or two other people. It's not like there's 15 fighters who are all in the top 15 in multiple weight classes that he's coaching. So I'm not saying he's bad. I just – he hasn't had consistent success at the highest levels. But he – and he, he does have a calming influence, and he does seem to have the ability to process things and, and make strategic adjustments, if not technical adjustments. And that's going to be better than anything that um that well I don't know who's going to be in Lipsy's corner so I don't want to make that comment. But Lipsy, okay, so 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 with Ariadne, we know the UFC is going to give her a lot of rope because of her looks. Okay, mm-hmm. so the question is, how much rope will they give her? Well, seeing that there's still a good chance that she could win this fight, so she might win, and then they don't have to go back into that rope again because she's coming off. Of, she lost her last fight, but she had won like I think two in a row. So if she's losing, she's, she's winning. She's she's lost two in a row. Now. Oh, I thought she won two in a row. Maybe I'm wrong. No, no, she's lost but, two in a row. But the main thing is this: this fight is winnable for her because she would probably be the better grappler than Baum, and she's a comparable striker as far as overall skill set. The problem is going to be Baum's physicality and aggression. Now, if she loses, you're right. That's three fight. There's three losses in a row. She'll probably get at least one more fight, and just as a just as, just to see what's up. But she's really on the edge with this because in these losses, they've been pretty one-sided. And even her wins, her wins haven't been over anybody with any real cachet or any really accomplishment in the UFC. She's beaten their second against the best girls. She's looked out of her depth. And even against the second or third tier girls, she's kind of struggled in spots. So I think a lot of it is in her other division, in her other organization, she was a physical dynamo. She could dominate girls and bully them and knock them out with one shot. And once she faced a better level of athlete, a lot of her, a lot of their holes in her game started being exposed. And that's why she has a chance because she's so physical and so strong. If Ariane can't outbox her at range and out slick her and then get in some easy takedowns and it comes to a grinding back and forth match, even though Bohm's inexperienced, I think her physicality really might be the difference. Also Mandy's bigger. Yeah. Yeah. She is very sturdy. Okay. I like Which Mandy in this fight. By such smaller women. She gets taken down and controlled by such smaller women. That's what makes it so weird. Yeah, I know. And, and Ariadne is smaller, too. I mean, really, Ariadne should be at Strawway. Yeah. Okay. I like Mandy in that fight. Let's move on to the next one. Hey, well, uh, thing. Hey. Maybe, maybe they might offer the option of dropping the weight class and be like, if you want to stay, you, you got to drop weight class. Yeah, we'll I was thinking. It's exactly what I was thinking. Because when they like you, they'll find every reason to give you every chance. And for some reason, someone likes her a lot. All right. When well, next one is at, at Bantamweight, it is Penny Kenzad versus Raquel Pennington. So Penny uh, 
she lives in Denmark, but she trains in Sweden. Okay. And she was in Tough 28. So she's fought at um, uh, um, Featherweight and Flyweight. She's on a three-fight winning streak. But you know what? She's been choosing her opponents very carefully, in my opinion. And well, that is what, are, exactly what you're supposed to do. Yeah, I know. It's the thing about Panny is we've seen her uh, fight uh, fighters that are better than her, especially in Invicta, and she can't beat fighters who are better than her. She could only beat certain types of fighters, and so she's careful in who she chooses to, to face. Raquel Pennington has been in the UFC for a long time now. She's coming, I think, to the end of her run. Most of her time is spent training Tisha Torres, right? Uh, up there in Colorado Springs. So, you know, I think, Schwan, she hasn't been the same since that ATV accident a few years ago. She's just not the same fighter anymore. Like, she has, she has physical limitations now that she didn't have before. And I just think that Panny knows that, and that's why she wanted this fight. Well, I'm sure that's what Panny's thinking. But the fact of the matter is, even with her physical limitations, Raquel Pennington's still one of the more durable fighters. And she's actually one of the more high IQ fighters as far as making adjustments in fights, making subtle adjustments to turn things around. Um, you look at their last three fights. Like you said, Panny has beaten some girls with some rankings and some names, but she hasn't beaten girls. I mean, Eubanks is average at best at Bantamweight. Besh Kohea, while a fighter I, I enjoy, who I think has got the most of her talent, isn't really an elite talent. Jessica Rose Clark, once again, is not necessarily an elite strategist or IQ or technician. And Alexis Davis, I actually really thought that Alexis Davis fight could have went either way. I felt Davis was doing enough where it could have been looked at a little bit differently. Hello? Yeah. Um, I know I thought Penny won that fight. Yeah, I, I, I'm not saying she didn't win it, but that was supposed to be a fight where she was supposed to put a stamp on it and showcase that she's ready to take the next step. I didn't think that after that fight. That was maybe it. Maybe it was a loss for Davis, but it was a contested loss where Panny was taken as good as she was given in lots of spots. Raquel, Listen, Penny, I, I, let me say that. Let me say this. I agree with you that Raquel Pennington is a bit of a step up. I just don't think she's the same fighter that she was before that wreck. Well, I, I would agree with that, but my whole thing would be like this: Who has Panny beaten that's the equivalent of Irina Aldana? She hasn't uh, nobody yet. You know, she hasn't beaten anybody of that. Even Marion Renault at this point would be a, a tougher fight than anybody that Panny's beaten in her last four. So I'm like, I don't know what to make of her win streak. I don't know if she's actually getting better because I don't see a whole lot of technical or strategical growth. I see someone in better shape who's, who's uh, sharp. It's like I said, she's choosing her opponents very carefully. And I respect that, but I, and you know what? I'll even go with you that I could favor her to win, but I still feel there are avenues for Raquel Pennington to win because Raquel Pennington's beat better athletes. She's beat bigger girls. She's beat girls with better skill sets recently. Schwan. So, Schwan. Yes. That was before the ATV wreck. Wasn't the ATV wreck before she fought um, Nunes? At, before she fought Nunes? Yes. But she beat Aldana, Adana like less than a year ago. Like a year or so. Not, I don't think Irene Aldana is that good. She's that? better than anybody Panny's beaten? And marginally. You know, I mean, I, I, I see what you're saying, and there's most likely Panny's just going to out-hustle and grind her out. But if Panny can't just physically dominate her and bull the entire time, if for some reason she can't do that, 
then she has no other way to win this fight. Pennington has at least two ways to win this fight. Penny has one, out hustler. If that does not happen, she ain't winning. Well, we'll see what happens with that. I, I would favor Penny in this. I, I really think uh, Raquel Pennington is getting close to retirement. She is too, and I would agree with you, but I haven't seen I mean, if you can tell me you've seen dramatic and technical improvement in Kansas, fine. I ain't seen it. Me neither. But the, I don't, but the ATV wreck is a big factor for me. Well, she's, I'll tell you this much. If she wins off this one, because Pennington isn't who she used to be, but Pennington's not rolling over for anybody. And Pennington hasn't lost to, only loses to a certain caliber of person. So Penny's going to have to fight really hard, like really, really harder than she's ever had to fight, or she's going to be better than she's ever been for her to win this. It's not the same old ain't getting it this time. All right. The third fight, also at flyweight, is Aaron Blanchfield versus Sarah Alpar. Okay, so Aaron is making her UFC debut. She's 22 years old from New York City. She trains at Renzo Gracie. She's pretty much been her whole career in Invicta, and she also won the Eddie Bravo Invitational. Okay, so she lost one fight, and that fight was to, if I remember correctly, Tracy Cortez. Okay, so she's looked really, really good at Invicta. So I think she's got, she may have elite skills. She's facing somebody here, Sarah Alpar, who got into the UFC. She's from Amarillo, Texas. She got into the UFC through Dana White's Contender Series, and she looked really, really awful in her actual UFC debut. So uh, I, I don't see any way that Sarah wins this fight. It's, it's uh, Aaron Blanchfield wins this fight fairly handily. I, would I expect to finish, actually. Yeah, um, her Aaron's overall grappling and her wrestling should be way better. I think she's probably a bigger and stronger athlete. She'd have to almost completely drop the ball to, to lose to Sarah Alpar. And the reason they're making this fight is because they want her to have a highlight, real dominant win that's going to start the hype yeah. train. That, that's it's, a showcase, it, it's a showcase fight. Basically, which is why when you, you ask me why they keep some terrible fighters around, because when you need to rehab a fighter's interest, in, 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 build a fighter up, you need someone who's legitimate, but who's so flawed that they can – get a spectacular submission or dominant knockout or whatever. And that's, that's what Alpar is here for. Alpar is being brought in to lose and it's Alpar. Yo. Juan, where are you? You're there now? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah, Go ahead. Alpar is better than they think because Juan. Wait a minute, you so, cut out, Juan. I said Alpar has got to go out and better than she's been and um, and show that she's worth being in the UFC because if she loses this fight, she'll probably get one or two more before she gets cut. Okay. Actually, like I said, I, I, I've known about Aaron Blanchfield for quite a while now. I can't wait to see her in the UFC. I mean, I want to see her against someone good, but um, you know, well, it's me, hard. me too. But this is a start, okay? Yeah. yeah. All right. The fourth fight is also at flyweight. It was supposed to be 
Emily Whitmire versus Tracy Cortez, and Tracy had to pull out. And so now we get Emily Whitmire versus Hannah Goldie. Ugh. They're both awful. I don't care who wins. Yeah, it's almost like they're mirror versions of each other. I don't think either is a great athlete, a great grappler, a great fighter. And it's just another fight on the card to get another fight off their contracts. And that's it. Whoever wins yeah. this doesn't improve their position at all. It's just another fight. Oh, so, so, so you agree with me that you don't care who wins. You um, usually I just, do that. Yeah, I, I just don't. It's, I don't know that this fight tells me anything about it. They're like almost mirror images of each other, really. So I, I don't know what this fight does. So, yeah, you're right. You're 100% right on this one. Okay. Got a couple other things we got to talk about. Okay, Bellator also has a show on Saturday night, and they do have one women's match on the main card. I just wanted to mention that if you want to watch the Bellator show, I will not be watching it. But if you're in the U.S., you can watch it on Showtime. In the rest of the world, you can watch it on YouTube. So the fight that's on the main card there, it is at Flyweight. It is Deanna Bennett versus uh, Alejandra Lara. Ugh. Another awful fight. Deanna Bennett has been has, has done the triple crown. She's been with Invicta, the UFC, because she was in uh, Tough 26. And she's also been in Bellator. And the one thing that all of her time in those companies has in common, she's been awful in all of her fights. Okay? I don't know why she's Bellator signed her. I really don't. With Alejandra Lara, she's from Colombia. She's more dancer than fighting. So yeah. I don't care about this fight. She she does have some talent. Bellator seen I've seen <laughs> I've seen some good things from her. And the Bellator is just basically trying to rebuild her. She's had some tough losses because she fights whoever they want. She's never never turned down a fight. And she's fought some pretty good girls and given some decent competition. So they're gonna try and rebuild her up by giving her Bennett and hopefully she beats Bennett soundly and then they can move her on with with another easier touch and then hopefully get a two fight win streak and then face her put her against this is just a rehab fight, I think. Okay. And there is a Ryzen show this weekend. And on this show, Ayaka Hamasaki will be defending her Ryzen Atomweight Championship. They call it Super Atomweight against a veteran fighter, Emi Fuccino. And uh, Ayaka first beat her, what, nine years ago or something like that? Uh, Emmy is a strawweight. She has never fought at Animweight. I was talking to Charlie about this, and he says, you know, she'll make weight, no problem. Emmy Fujina, are you familiar with it or with her at all? Not really, to be honest. No, she fought once in WSOF. She lost to uh, Jessica Aguilar. Okay, I don't know if you ever saw that, but anyway, the yeah. point oh, is yeah. I, I, thought, I did see that fight. I, it was years ago. I did see that fight. Yeah. Emmy Fujino is the kind of fighter. She's a veteran fighter. She's been around a long time. But we, I was talking earlier about um, Pandy, Pandy Kanzat. And Emmy Fujino, it's the same kind of thing. She will beat fighters that she should beat, but she's never beaten anybody who's, a lot, who's better than her. And there's, so I don't see her beating Ayaka. Okay? I don't see her beating Ayaka, even at, she's almost 40. Even at her age, she's still probably the best atomweight fighter in Japan. Yeah, uh, it just seems like another case where you got a fighter who's put some wins together and 
seems like a formidable threat because she's younger and she's got a win streak or she's looked good recently. And this is going to, this is going to push forward the legend fighter and the more seasoned fighter breaking down the younger, more physical fighter. And it'll be a well, it should be a well-deserved win. But if something goes wrong and she loses, you can always say, well, this girl's young and she's physical and she's been winning some fights and we haven't built an excuse. But if the older fighter wins, it's a, it's a new lease on life. And if she wants to end it on that, she I know over a, a good opponent with a good record platonically and who was a threat platonically. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they're doing this on this show and they've already done it, but Ryzen is giving uh, Ayaka a brand new motorcycle, Harley David motorcycle. Oh, that's cool. Okay. And uh, Ayaka is a major motorcycle rider. She's been riding her motorcycle to work her whole life. Well, it's good. If they do good work for people, it's nice to see they appreciate it and return something, give you something in return. So the, one of the things that's the, that's the problems that Ryzen has is the fact that with Rena retiring, they don't really have a female fighter to um, uh, to move the move the ratings on Fuji TV. And so what they're doing earlier in this show is they're doing a kickboxing match with a uh, fighter by the name of uh, Ren Chan Rina, who normally fights for Rise, and um, like. She's a kickboxer. She's not an MMA fighter. So what I think they're going to try and do, because kickboxing will not draw, okay? What I think they're probably going to try and do, they want to turn this girl into the next Rena. So they, they're going to want to try and talk her into being an MMA fighter, okay? And how are they going to do that? They'll send her to AACC to train with Ayaka if she agrees to do it. So don't be surprised if that happens. Hello. Yeah, you there? Schwan. Hello. All right. Well, he keeps cutting out on me, so I'll tell you what. That's, uh, that was the end of it. Okay. Uh, just going to finish up right now. If you have any questions or comments for my blog or either my podcast, you can leave on Anchor's voicemail. Or if you'd like to subscribe to my podcast, you can use on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Enjoy the fights. We'll talk to you later.